Deanna. And I'm Wendy. And this is Left to Watch. Where we look at left uh, leftist YouTube and analyze their videos and all the drama going on around him. So, uh, today we're going to talk about, in our first episode, we're going to talk about some of the fallout from the Angie Speaks uh, harassment scandal. We're going to talk about Sarah Zed's new video, Social Clout as Currency. And we're also probably going to talk about a few pop culture things, aren't we? Yes! Right now, within the pop culture sphere, there's a ton of dark side of stuff going on right now, especially within Black History Month. I want a do-over for Black History Month. I want the whole thing tarnished and done with. Like, if we have to move Black History Month to June, then we need to do it because there- This one has kind of sucked. I'm it's be been dark-sided. It's so much dark-sidedness from blackface to proceeding to the still continuation of the R. Kelly scandal to Jesse Smollett now. I'm even gonna put in Angie Speaks and what she's been dealing with. It's it's been a lot. It's been a lot, a lot. And I like and I say this as a white person, even I've noticed, and my white ass is usually pretty ignorant about things like this, but even I've been like, I've been instead of seeing like the stuff that I'm used to seeing, like some really great black excellence stuff like that, I've been seeing like people treating the Jesse Smollett thing in particular like the only thing that matters and just all sorts of bullshit. And even the politicians so. currently, the Democratic Party of Virginia has, it has come out <sighs> that some of them have been at parties where they have done blackface. I it, know, right? The or, or they, and then they try to bat, bat, backpedal from that and claim, no, I only did blackface for my Michael Jackson costume in the 80s. Shut up. <laughs> And I'm from Virginia, by the way, so this this is really embarrassing for me. Uh, <sighs> it goes it goes back to the whole thing that um, Malcolm X said about when it comes to Democrats in the black vote and how they don't really care about us. They just use us as leverage so we can go ahead. And, and the problem with that is that, like, th since we have this shitty white-dominated white supremacist two-party system, uh, the alternative is nothing. Like, really, because the Republicans are even worse. So it's like, what are we going to do? Yeah, the Democrats have a history of using black people and people of color's fear of racism to deter them from not voting for Democrats at all. It's it's a very, very, let's say, just like abusive relationship that we have with them in general. <laughs> I can go into like... Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of... What was that? I, sort of like the way... I think it's sort of like how Republicans use, like, wh white fears of, like, oh, black people are taking over and stuff like that. Like, I don't think it's, it's, um, I don't think it's a coincidence that hate groups jumped after Obama was elected. And then after Obama, we got, like, the most racist, openly racist president that, like, we've ever could have gotten. Yeah, because, because I feel like Republicans stoke white because fears Trump, that, like, um, gives a lot of, um, dog whistles especially mm -hmm. especially with like back then in 2016 when he said um they are rapists it goes into the whole white fear of people of color specifically black people Wait, to kill brown, a mockingbird fear. yeah to kill a mockingbird the whole rape of the white women mm -hmm. kind of scares them into whatever their views are of being racist. <laughs> that's, all can, that's all I can say. I can't work. But it's and and the funny thing is that like I feel like black women are some of like the most vulnerable people 
the real vulnerable people in our society and like American society are actually black women. Yeah, because which we're seen more as objects in that we've been like very, very hypersexualized from the get-go to slavery. You know the reason why African Americans tend to have um, a quarter, a, around a quarter amount of European DNA within them because of rape is because slavery. of the is because of rape yeah it's because of rape in that slave masters were even encouraged to rape um black women to mm-hmm. gain more slaves for the plantation because again it was it was it cost less and they did it specifically just because because um raping your white wife was seen as looked down upon and so they turned to the black women who, again, they over-sexualized them and called them temptresses, and so they could get away with saying, oh, this black woman tempted me. And even even then, it's like, um, they openly openly say that, hey, these slave masters said openly, hey, this black woman is my mistress. And it was seen as like a status symbol to have even more of these black mistresses and more of the mulatto biracial children as well. It's it's a whole history I can get into. This was from the Bell Hooks. Like, there's a lot of history behind that. I like the most famous case is probably Thomas Jefferson. And, you know, like you I don't think eugenics was actually formalized as a belief system back then, but it was also believed that they were somehow making their slaves smarter by raping them because they, you know, because they considered black people subhuman. They um they would rape that they they they'd rape their, um, and, and, you know, being lighter skinned, you were more likely to work in the house and stuff like that. Um, that was like, it's, it's still kind of iffy on, um, the whole, um, light skin house, dark skin field because Uh of the way that it was set up. So if you think of the whole black mammy stereotype or the aunt mammy stereotype, she tended to work in the house and she, the, like her character was like, dark skinned and heavier set weight and her shoes were like unfitting like she like they made her to look like a cow in like a certain way and like asexual like an asexual being that was that was sorry that was one of uh the caricatures in one of um bell hooks's books sorry i was just going into it but um no it's totally understandable like we can talk about this stuff because i feel like uh we, we are going to talk a lot about leftist youtubers but um, as even leftist YouTubers have admitted, there's it, 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 it's been a little bit of a country club. Yeah, because um, I'm trying to remember back to what um, Allison S. from Twitter said. Like, she talked about how it was very good practice to have all these leftist YouTubers to come together and educate people. However, it could easily turn into an e-celeb landscape where people form... Okay again those parasocial relationships and have and the whole deal of wanting to gain social capital so people the viewers see them as a as a figure of authority when even like these people tend to be majority anarchists so they don't want people to see them as a figure of authority and they want them to have open and like balanced conversations with them but the way everything is these viewers tend to see them as like like they admire them but also on the flip side they see them as someone they should be listening to not in a way to like be educated but in a way because they are seen as to have they seen as having higher social capital is what i'm saying yeah yeah exactly and it has become a clout game and um i think 
And so, you know, this all comes together, like, speaking of leftist YouTubers and the treatment of black women, we should probably go over the Angie Speaks thing a little bit. Okay, so yeah, the Angie Speaks thing, it, it goes, it centers back to, um, the Angie timeline when she reviewed Dr. Bones, who was an egoist. At the time, she didn't know all the things, all the horrendous, horrendous things he did. And after it came to light that he was sexually or just assaulting or abusing this person, um, she got targeted for yeah, supporting him. Hmm? We should probably explain. Dr. Bones was uh, like a leftist podcaster, I believe, who um, was getting a lot of clout. And he used that clout basically to take sexual advantage of a bunch of, uh, of some women. And she didn't know that about that at the time. Yeah, she... So. Yeah, again, yeah, she didn't know. And because of that... Um, because she was associated with him, like, she unknowingly, she, uh, she did not know that he did all of those horrendous things, but because she was associated with him during that live stream, she got targeted. And because she got targeted, um, she, in retaliation and in response, she made that whole, um, cancer culture video, which again brought to light about how we we view social capital it it's very insightful and it's it's cool that it was made out of like retaliation in response to like the criticism she was like the undeserved criticism that she was getting mm -hmm. let me see uh, yeah and it's it's kind of it, it's very complicated like he was in the yeah part of the conjure house uh blog which i'm not too familiar with but it's um, but it, it's it basically she interesting because they've got some religious beliefs in common, don't they? Uh, oh yeah, they're both they're both um, pagan. But like, I don't want to say like pagan because I don't I don't know specifically if Doctor Bones is pagan, but they are in the same circle of like witchcraft and um, changing reality so that it fits them. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and then later on, um, there was a. This incident still has not been entirely cleared up, so I, I, we're not going to use the real names of the people. But there was a case where uh, there were cross accusations of sexual assault between these two people. One of these people was a mod on Peter Coffin's chat logs during his streams. And because of that, uh, when all this stuff came out, he refused to um, make a comment or condemn whoever it was at first because he didn't know the full extent of the situation. Angie Speaks then did a video with Peter Coffin, and for that, she got targeted harassment, was called a rape apologist, had her, was n nearly doxxed, had her, um, a PayPal, uh, hacked into, was called a rape apologist and a crypto-fascist. Now, keep in mind, people at first were just mad at Peter Coffin for having this person as a mod, and he eventually removed them, and it took him a while to do that, which wasn't great, but it was a thing that happened, and, um, Keep in mind, he did a video where he had a lot of people doing voiceover work, including Angie Speaks, but not just Angie Speaks. But it was Angie Speaks and Angie Speaks alone who got this level of harassment. It was even worse than what Peter Coffin himself got. And I say this as somebody who is now officially a mod on Peter Coffin's chat. Um, he's a he's a good guy, but he like he he, he refused to make a judgment on this, and Angie Speaks, who doesn't know any of the people involved, refused to make a judgment on this, uh, situation. So because of that, she got, uh, dragged through the mud for, you know, being a collaborator and being a so-called rape apologist, which she obviously is not. 
so that's what happened there. And she got accused of all sorts of like really, really horrible things. On one of my um, Tumblr posts about the subject, they claimed her, someone claimed, well, she sent her followers to attack the trans Romani uh, sexual assault victim. I'm like, where, where, where did she do that? And guess what? They had nothing, no reply. Like, show me, show it to me. Complete bullshit. It's like, why, like, I don't understand why they would go ahead and just start even more chaos like from this and just make the water even more muddy and unclear just for the fun of it or just for the social club like i don't know and yeah to call someone a rape apologist just because like she was associated with someone like that she did she didn't even know the situation is like the issue is like she didn't even exactly. know the whole issue so like how she could she could she be called a rape apologist if she didn't even know what was going on? She was like, she didn't mean to be dragged into like she didn't deserve to be dragged into this either. And again, H Bomber Guy and Philosophy Tube have been associated with Peter Coffin as well. And mm-hmm. they've done way more collaborations either. Yeah, they've even yeah they've done more collaborations with Peter Coffin than Angie Speaks have. Like, literally, one of Philosophy Tube's biggest videos, Should I Watch the News, has Peter Coffin in the fucking thumbnail. Nobody came after- came for him. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, it's... He was in that video, too! That's the best Yeah, and that's- yeah, I... And by best, I mean- <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's- like, it's in- like, it's interesting, like, cause... Again, I know it's because Angie is such an easy target. And because of the fact that she's a woman and black, she's held to like a higher standard to these. And she's also got a smaller audience too. That we, we probably should explain that. Otherwise there are going to be people who are going, oh, you're forgetting that she has a smaller audience, that you're just claiming everything's about sexism and racism. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to claim that like sexism, racism is a huge part of this. But yes, we are going to acknowledge that the fact that she has a much smaller audience than philosophy tube and H bomber guy. De- definitely played a part so she was more vulnerable to this kind of attack um if somebody had come for philosophy tube like they came for angie there would have been a huge there would have been a bloodbath but at the same time i don't think that was the guiding i i don't think that was the entire long and short of it like we cannot pretend that the fact that she's a black woman didn't have something to do with the way she was judged in uh, contrast to how the white men around her were judged. I mean, again, I can go back into the whole history of like <laughs> black women, like, cause black women are seen as, again, like we're seen more as objects. And back then we were seen as someone who is unfit to marry and mm-hmm. to make that seem true there were caricatures created specifically the sapphire and so the sapphire caricature i'm not familiar with that one okay so i'm not familiar with that one the sapphire caricature like it's in it's in bell hooks's um ain't i a woman like i really really recommend it to you when it talks about um black feminism in general but the black sapphire is the black woman who is tends to be like very very loud and very naggy and Ah. it was created to in general make it seem like again black women weren't fit for marriage because they would be depicted as evil in a certain way 
Okay, I found okay, I, I found it. It said the sapphire image of this is from Bell Hooks's Ain't I a Woman. I'm citing it, guys, just so you know I'm not plagiarizing. Um, the sapphire image of black of a black woman. She is depicted as iron-willed, effectual, treacherous towards um, and contemptible of black men. The latter being portrayed as simpering, ineffectual, whipping boys. The latter is the, the latter I'm talking about is the black man. So certainly most of us have encountered domineering black females and white ones too. Many of them have been unlucky in life and seek a bitter haven from their disappointments and fantastical self-sufficiency. The Sapphire image was popularized by radio and television show in which Sapphire is the nagging shrewish wife of Kingfish. As the title indicates, the show is focused on the black male characters, Sapphire's shrewish personality and was used primarily to create sympathy in the viewers. It was to create sympathy for the black man um, to, towards the viewers because of the black nagging woman was again being very, that very that sounds very familiar being matriarchal that, that or, very... uh, the sapphire identity has been projected onto any black woman who overtly expresses bitterness anger and rage about her lot consequently black women repress these feelings um, of fear of being regarded as shrewish sapphires or they embrace sapphire that sounds very familiar. Or they embrace the sapphire identity as a reaction to the harsh treatment of black women in society. The evilness of the evilness of a given black woman may merely be the facade she presents to a, a sexist, racist world that she realizes would only exploit her if she were to appear vulnerable. So that's that's the whole sapphire. And also, the sapphire was also created again. It also helped with making white women seem more fragile. And it also kind of, it was also kind of- Which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was also propped up to for, to make black women even hate, to hate, for black men to hate black women more. And yeah, mm. that's one of the- Which is, which is really hilarious because there are shrew, there are shrew uh, archetypes and stereotypes about like white women too. So it just proved, I think that does go to prove like, I, I get that it's it's got an extra dose of racism because there's the racial politic racial politique I guess dynamic to it, but I think that like that whole thing makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, like it's just that there's an extra added um, ra uh, politic political consequence I think for Black women when these stereotypes are approved uh, are applied to them. Yeah, it goes back to yeah. also it goes back to also the whole um, there's a Black female matriarchy myth. In that black and that black women tend to be the matriarch of the race, when in reality that is not true. Because if you've seen the racism that a lot of us has faced, a lot of us have faced, yeah. it's it's not so. Especially with the whole, especially with the amount of rape that again we tend to that receive. If you can even go to black, well, if you read studies, hmm. If you read studies, they show. I think it shows that, like in rape cases, when um, a convicted rapist is convicted of raping a black woman, he's less he's likely to get a like a lesser sentence than if he's convicted of raping a white woman. Yeah, it's because black women. It's because black women they painted black women as being more sexual than white women. Mm -hmm. Like again, um, white men were encouraged to like have sex with black women. Yeah, have sex with them all you want. Have sex with them all you want. You can do whatever you want with them. But remember, they're not marriage material, because white women are well, viewed um, as that. Hmm? Well, yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, there's that, like, well, I mean, it, that's that's the thing I think that also is applied to black people in general. Like, 
like I, I'm gonna say this term and I hate saying it. It like tastes bad in my mouth to say it, but it's, it's so common. I feel like, and I want people to stop saying this, but I've heard it a lot. Um, and here I'm gonna say it. Ready? Jungle fever. I mean, yeah. A, that term, like, it's disgusting. And also, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, yeah. There's but a reason. It's like besides besides um why besides why um the whole racist caricatures of black women were put in place uh white women tend to not 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 white men uh, black women tend to not choose to not date white men because they would get all the brunt of that jungle fever nonsense mm -hmm. like black men not so much because again there's like that it's considered more of a dominance thing too isn't it um like yeah it's a uh, it's like um, again, I'm going back to, like, Bell Hooks' book, In AI Women. She said that as history went on, white, women, white men became to be kind of more okay with black men dating white women because, again, they were both seen as lesser than them. And even during the whole interracial laws of the 70s, it was still centered around a black man. And it was centered around black men. A man. And white women. It's a dominant. But when, sorry, like we're getting oh, off on a tangent, but I'm still going back on, um, beca but because it, when a white man marries a black woman, the black woman and her children of the white men get his title and they take pretty much everything from him. And to them, that's seen as being erased from existence. So yeah it's probably that's why okay i'm racism is so much fun isn't it <laughs> i so... found the other one i found the other bell hooks quote it said those men who accepted the myth that black women are matriarchs did regard black females as a threat to their persona it's not at all peculiar to black men most men in patriarchal society fear and resent women who do not assume traditional passive roles so this also goes back to the view of the sapphire so by shifting the responsibility uh, for unemployment of black men onto black women and away from themselves, white racist oppressors mm. were able to establish a bond of solidarity with black men based mutual sexism. And white men preyed upon sexist, the sexist feeling impressed on upon black male psyche from birth to socialize black men so that they would regard not all women, but specifically black women as enemies of their masculinity. That's what I wanted to get to. <laughs> oh, okay. So, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, white women are just so delicate, right? Um, it, it didn't used to be. Like, it didn't used to be kind of like that. This was before um, slavery and that white women were seen as sinners in their sexuality. Like, what, like, the sins of Eve were placed on the white women. And so they were automatically viewed as evil because of all the things that Eve did. And so whatever bad thing happened to a woman, it was because, oh, because you have to make up for Eve. But when slavery came into place uh, around that same time, um, mm -hmm. the whole fetishization and admiration of the Virgin Mary kind of aesthetic mm -hmm. kind of came through. Yeah. Well, you know, there was um, this thing, you can find it in a lot of art um, where they thought vaginas were so disgusting that the devil was afraid of them. That's how gross vaginas were. 
it was considered this horrible thing you just had to put up with to continue the species. So there's like these these pictures, there's these like images of like women scaring off the devil by lifting their skirts. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That's a thing. Yeah, back then it was wild, but as the aesthetic for like the pure Virgin Mary came through, that image was placed onto white women, while the sins of Eve being a, and the temptress of, let's say, Delilah, were pushed mm-hmm. all on black. Yeah, Delilah's a and and even though and even with that, so the purity of the Virgin Mary causes white women to be sexually repressed, while mm-hmm. the sins of Eve and the evil black women being overly sexualized, that was placed on them of being overly sexual. So in both ways, there it was both seen to control women in their sexuality. Well, yeah, it's it, it's always been about that. Like women, black women need to be dominated and uh, white women needed to be, uh, I don't know, put on like a weird pedestal once the racial dynamics came in, I feel like. I feel like the, the archetype of the Southern Belle plays into that, like, really well. Like, you never saw, like, white, black women being treated as Southern Belle because of, well, because of everything we just talked about. Yeah, going back to slavery, um, black women were forced to do both, both the feminine and masculine jobs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it goes with well, that. Well, it's part of the dehumanization, like, the, and... Yeah. But black men, black, black men did not get those feminine jobs. It was only yeah. the black women to reinforce like tradi- the traditional roles. And the Southern Belle, going back to the Virgin Mary, it kind of goes into that like archetype as well. I mean, that's a, that's Ooh. a whole history. Yeah. <laughs> it's-, it's a whole history. And I feel like, and I wonder how much of that translates into the consciousness like, I, I actually asked some, like, w- w- black women I know who are from, like, the UK, like, what do you guys go by? Are you guys, like, Anglo-African? Like, what's the, what's the equivalent of African-American in England? They didn't, so they just say, like, black English or black Scottish or black Irish. And I'm wondering, like, if you're, like, black English, like, how does that play into the whole thing? Like, because clearly, uh, we're, clearly Andrew Speaks speaks to an inter- uh, international audience. Yeah. And I mean, they, they, the way, and she's, she's also an open witch, too. Yeah, that's even, that's even, like, worse because of the whole stereotype of, again, the black witch. Because, again, it goes, the whole, it goes back to women being evil and the whole evil woman being placed on the black men, black women. And so, again, witchcraft being seen as evil, <laughs> it's a, well, it's a double whammy. Well, I was asking the other day about Tichaba. Yeah, well, like, I was asking the other day about Tichaba because the Salem witch trials, like, the Jacobian witch trials were happening all over Europe. And the Salem witch trials, in a way, were a extension of that, but they were also like particularly racist because the origin of the witchcraft among all these um, white women in in, Ma- in the Massachusetts colonies at the time, uh, or the New England colonies at the time, was placed on being introduced to the devil and devil worship and witchcraft by a slave named Tichuba. And to this day, like we don't know, she might not have been black. Yeah. It's like mostly been assumed that she's been black, but it turns out she might have actually been Native American. Yeah. We literally aren't sure. That's how like how much of that has been erased. So I feel like that's a relevant point to bring up too. Like, yeah, it, I, I think there's like an element of religious bigotry going on here too that is tied in with how Angie speaks was treated. Yeah, it it still plays into like the same thing of like the witch of color getting the brunt force of everything. 
yeah. But yeah, that was that was the whole history of why of why people see black women as that, and they get again the brunt force and, of negativity. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like people are like replacing all of all of the history of black women on Andrew speaks, and I feel like maybe that's not that's probably problematic. That if it sounds like we're doing that, we we're not trying to do that. But yeah, I she's not like she's not the spokesperson of black women. Yeah, no, she's not. No, no, Bell Hooks is dumb. <laughs> Bell, I, bell hooks <laughs> like we turned against bell hooks the moment she started criticizing beyonce <laughs> she did i'm sorry but like sorry but like beyonce is america okay she's america <laughs> i have to find like, i have to find that i have to find that again of how like she talked about um lemonade or whatever and she, oh no yeah <laughs> and talking about beyonce in general bell hooks is fun like she's fun like like and how she plays into like um like the whole sexualization of the black women and all the other stuff again i still recommend i still recommend eight eye a woman like from her earlier works because it was good all those quotes i did was from eight eye a woman <laughs> um actually if you amazon has a triple like a bundle but they're oh wait no wait this is offered as more than it would cost this is stupid um because um yeah it, it's on amazon but it they, they were partnering it together with sister outside by audrey um lord and angela davis's uh women race and class which you got to read your angela davis for your social don't buy from like. amazon go to the pdfs become a communist yeah, today yeah. <laughs> don't buy from capitalist amazon <laughs> Okay, so that's what Angie Speaks would say. And I feel like I, Angie Speaks had to go off social media. She was she had to go off social media for a while, and I don't blame her for a while. Yeah, because, again, know, she has like, a history her, of anxiety and depression, so yeah, I would understand. Exactly, especially when you're being called a rape ball. She's a sexual assault survivor, too. And I think like, that's sort of, like a relevant thing to bring up. Like, all this stuff piled on her, all because she did a collaboration for a video and she actually called out a few points where people will use their minority status. Like, she, she pointed out that sometimes people will use minority status as a clout game in order to speak over others. And I think it's important to bring that up, too. Yeah. Like, um, I, need, I need to find that tweet again that I from a person I followed called uh, Abazilla, and she, she made a tweet about um, when when people start um, ranting about things that they don't really care about and to seem as though they care about it to get like social capital and then they bow and scene. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I need to find that. No, go for it. Like I, I need to find it like, cause, cause no, it was just it a picture. It was like, it was because they were acting like they cared about this certain thing just to get like social capital. Sorry. <laughs> you could go. No, I understand. No, 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 it's fine. No, go for it. Um. No, like, for instance, like, here's the thing, like, sometimes, though, you get caught up in the rant. I think it's important to notice, um, like, that sometimes you do get caught up in the fury of things, too. And it's something you're trying to get social capital, but, like, you feel angry because, like, you get kind of caught up in the fury over it. Like, I really, really hated the Kendall Jenner Pepsi commercial, and what I really, like, and the reason, I hated it for a number of reasons, but 
One of the reasons I really hated it was it reminded me of the, the protests that happened in Louisiana. And I knew about this because, like, I lived in Louisiana for a time, and there was this woman there who had done, who had walked up to police officers at a Black Lives Matter protest and just stood in front of them and held out her hands. And the Kendall Jenner thing was clearly, like, sort of a takeoff on that, except it was a white woman doing it and offering a Pepsi. Yes, because social justice is, quote-unquote, trendy right now, so... What Pepsi joined the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so what Pepsi did was a failure. However, these companies are learning specifically how to deal with the trend of social justice. And so let's say I think Nike did it brilliantly. Like, uh, speaking of which, like H Bomber Guy just released a video on woke brands and I like he pointed out like what Nike did was actually brilliant. Yeah. Again, the companies uh -huh. are, are learning how to position this because they saw Pepsi and Pepsi failed. But again, like like you said, um, the Nike ad, the Gillette ad, like the whole quote unquote feminist products that they put out as well. It's it's a lot like and the thing is, these companies wouldn't ha have cared about this, about social justice if it wasn't profitable. They're like, see, mm -hmm. oh, the numbers. Well, like the jet, the new Just Do It campaign, like Colin Kaepernick ad, like they are profiting off of the outrage that comes from like anti-BLM people. And um, like they're burning their Nike shoes and it's so embarrassing. But at the same time, like you, like, you know, they're gonna like go back and have to buy new Nikes. <laughs> and you already like, bought it. Did you hear about? Yeah, I know, I know. And, and you know, like you already bought it, so you burning these shoes does not matter at all to Nike. They don't give a shit. Uh, it's like the like, which leads us kind of into H Bomber Guy's video about this is that like these companies, they know they know better. Like they're learning better, and they're learning how to profit off the outrage community. And I actually think that um, last time I checked, like actually Pepsi's sales went up a bit after that commercial. <laughs> Like, <laughs> and it's just, like, ridiculous. Any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then it was, like, the Sean Hannity thing with the Curd coffee makers and people destroying their Curd coffee machines. But, like, <laughs> like, Nike did pull it off really well. And then, and then like, H. Brommer guy in his video is like, by the way, they still use sweatshop labor a lot and it's like you know Colin Kaepernick's a good dude and it's good that they were shedding light on like black athletes like LeBron James doing really really good things and everything like that but at the same time like Nike does sweatshop labor I mean at so... the end of the day it's for a profit and I mean yeah they mm -hmm. can do all that social justice stuff but at the end of the day like if it wasn't seen if putting Colin Kaepernick was seen as something negative they wouldn't have done it at all to be honest yeah. because it wouldn't have been profitable can i ask you something when it comes to colin kaepernick do you think that maybe he gets like maybe uh, i shouldn't say he gets away with it because he did not get away like he's he's been kind of the way he's been treated by the, the nfl has been terrible but like he's light-skinned do you think there's any colorism into the way he's like viewed colorism to the way he's viewed versus like maybe how like a dark-skinned black man might have been treated um because somebody, somebody said something about that on Twitter. I don't remember who it was, but, like, it, it kind of stuck in my head. Yeah, it can be. I mean, he's, again, he's biracial, and so people view, mm -hmm. will view, like, paler or lighter-toned skinned people um, be more empathetic towards them. 
Like, I can go into, like, the whole white sociopathy and how they tend to not be empathetic towards browner people. And so when, again, if you see, like, a lighter-skinned person um, getting bashed, then I guess there could be more empathy. And then also with him being biracial as well, he that card could play into, oh, he has races of two parents but he's still getting all of all of this negativity and getting blackballed from the NFL. That could also play into it. Like, it's not it's not out of the ballpark that there is some colorism within here. Mm. I like normally I wouldn't ask that, but I did see like some people talking about it. I don't feel like there should be any like stone left unturned on this because I feel like there's so much discussion. I feel like a lot of people. Like, one of the biggest problems I think we have when we talk about race in America is how we try to simplify it too much. Yeah, it's because people don't want to talk about it because because it's it's so complex and mm-hmm. because of the way our environment is to want to get everything like very very fast paced and direct, but you have to actually sit down for days and even weeks to even months to get everything down because again these books created by um, black activists took them what months a year to write these specific books. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna happen within like a day. You you would have to dismantle everything to get to the bottom of like the specific racism like that this country holds. Because again, this country was built off of imperialism and racism. And so you would have, so to discuss it, everybody would have to look within themselves. And like Angie said, Angie Speaks said, do shadow work and look at their own demons, but people aren't able to do that because one, it's it can be like very, very traumatizing and, and scary. And two, because again, a lot of us just don't have time anymore because of yeah. nine to five, having children to care about, it's, it's a lot, so. I feel like one of the biggest like fuels for the right wing um, in a lot of ways is exhaustion. Just pure exhaustion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because every other day, uh, there's some every other day there is something and having to put all your energy into everything and i feel like there's a lot of politicians who will tell you like we'll do your thinking for you and so i so that we actually oh my god got i i, I just found something i can't believe it what so um there's this youtuber who is definitely not a left tuber his name is, uh, I, I don't remember his last name, and I don't, I, no, actually I do, but I'm not going to say his full name, but he, you guys probably know him as YMS, aka Your Movie Sucks, and he just posted, apparently he just posted something on Twitter just a couple days ago, and it's, it's kind of blowing my mind that he actually said that. Um, he said that now that 2020 is actually looking serious, I would just like to remind everyone to be mindful of propaganda over the next couple of years. The internet is a powerful tool, Reddit is easy to manipulate, fact check, don't believe something just because it has a lot of upvotes. It is so weird to have him saying that. You are not immune to propaganda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. YMS, like, YMS still, he hasn't moved yet? He hasn't moved? He hasn't moved left yet? No, he has. I don't think he has. I'm glad, like, uh, I kind of dropped him. Like, back when I was in, like, um, high school, middle school, like, I would follow him. Um, I Hate Everything and um, Ralph and, like, Ralph the Movie Maker. But then again, mm. be- but because um, a lot of their stuff got, for me, a lot of their stuff got, like, really, really, really stale because 
like how um, I think Lindsay Ellis says thing bad, saying thing bad all the time kind of gets old. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, and, and he, like, I'm sorry, but YMS's stuff especially has become very uh, cinemasinsy, which is probably the worst yeah. I could probably give him. Like, and I, and I like a lot of the same movies he likes, too. That's the weird thing. Like, I often agree with his opinions, I just hate how he says them. He kind of uses the art blur a little bit, and that's, that's a whole other thing. But, like, when I move to actual better <laughs> uh, video essayers, that, yeah, but, like Lindsay Ellis or... Yeah, those yeah. people tend to be more left-leaning, like, coincidentally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I'm sorry, but Renegade Cut deserves to have more success than YMS does. Renegade Cut is amazing, and, like, Leon Thomas isn't even, a, like, a tenth as... It hasn't gotten a t as tenth as many followers as YMS, or especially Ralph the Movie Maker. I really... I, I, I mean, I don't want to be a dick, <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? I don't want to be a dick. But like I, I don't care much for Ralph the Movie Maker. Like even when I even when I first started listening to him, and yeah. keep in mind this was before he bashed Wonder Woman, and I love I was right or die for Wonder Woman. Um, uh. He he uh, like uh, so like I didn't really care. Uh, like uh, there are plenty of people who like movie, movies opinions I don't agree with, and I still like listening to them. Like I don't think Beauty and the Beast is as good as Lindsay Ellis thinks it is, but I get where she's coming from, and I like the way she expresses her opinions. I don't uh, want where? any more. No more Disney live action movies. Bring back 2003 yes. Neo Disney. Bring back my Seriously, Hillary Duff. I am Bring back my original oh. Hannah Montana. Bring back Bullock yeah. for Soup. Bring back JoJo. <gasps> I want to hear 1985 again. I want to hear Coming Clean. Bring back Disney Radio 2000. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, they're remaking my favorite movie of all time. Lilo and Stitch. Okay, I'm. My door is open to crack. It's it's open to crack a little bit, a little bit. If they talk about no, if no, they talk I am about, angry. I'm. If they talk about how horrible tourists are, then it'll open my door will open a little bit wider. <laughs> See, you know, there's actually if you go on YouTube, you can find the deleted scenes where that was actually in going to be in the original movie. They were gonna uh, have Lilo um, deal with a bunch of tourists asking her if she spoke English, and then her playing a prank on the tourists. <laughs> yeah, I knew about that. <laughs> and 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 they they cut it, and I hate that. But I, it's my favorite Ooh. movie of all time. I cry at I least cry. like three times every time I watch it. Oh yeah, I told you this, like, cause I love the whole like sister dynamic with like Nani mm -hmm. and Lilo, cause it's just it's just like so emotional and just so sad. It's like I just love I just love their bond in general. Just like oh. Because Nani was forced to become Lilo's parent, which is not something any like sibling should be forced no. to do. <laughs> and 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 Lilo says like I like you better as a sister than a mom, and you can tell that Nani liked herself better as a sister than a mom yeah. too. They, I just don't want them to fuck up um, the Hawaiian roller coaster ride scene because that water animation was so pretty. Don't I mess know. it up. Well, also the other thing I hate is uh, I'm really worried they're gonna make Nani skinny. Ah, uh, boo, boo. Yeah, I really don't want that. Like, yeah. Boo, Ugh. boo. <laughs> make her curvy. She doesn't have to have. Abs, just make her curvy and dark skin, please, please do make her dark skin. Yeah, seriously, like they have, like I think, you know, Lilo and Stitch is one of those reasons I think Tia Carrera 
is really underrated. Why? What's overrated? Tia Carrera. She, oh, she is yeah. very over, uh, under. I mean, not sorry, not overrated. Underrated as an actress. Tia Carrera is underrated as an actress because she was so good as Nani in. Uh... I want my curvy, dark-skinned Hawaiian because when I was younger, I saw her and I was like, "Oh, she looks like me," <laughs> even though I'm not Hawaiian. But still, it's like seeing that. It really, really helped me. It really, it really excited me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we okay. We go off in <laughs> tangents here. Yeah. What else do we have to? We have a lot of things to say, as you guys can probably tell. And we're we're trying to get more of a structure going, but this is our first episode, which is why we are talking about a thousand different things in and one. But I think we have a lot to say about all this. And. But yeah. So basically. One of the things that has come from the Angie Speaks thing, which I think is positive, is a lot of leftist YouTubers and a lot of leftist YouTube followers are coming together to create a protocol to deal with situations like this. When there are like cross accusations and, you know, when it's people people know and how, how we protect victims and keep this from like, instead of creating more victims, because let's face it, none of the harassment Angie Speaks got um, helped anybody. It just created a new victim. It didn't help the person who was attacked. I like she was not helped by this. No one was. Yeah. So, you know, like there was there was no positives that came from this, and we gotta learn how to handle these situations. And so I know there's right now. I'm not gonna say too much about it because I'm not sure how much they want to be let out right now. But not right now, there are a bunch of like left tubers, left tuber and left tuber creators, and um followers right now who are trying to craft something that would help um people deal with this sort of like online hoopla and um cross accusations and situations like this which i think is vitally important especially in cases where maybe names are not known and um where you've got like a hazy situation like this where like when i first heard about this like i didn't even know the names of the actual people involved that's how crazy and how how out of outlandish it was and when i tried to google it or look it up i couldn't find anything concrete i had to go to the sources on this because there was so much misinformation out there already yeah like, um gwen from gwen no fear um her youtube video she discusses about like the structure of left tube mm -hmm. and discusses that whether left tube can actually be a safe place for people and she says that um Hold on, let me let me bring it up. She says she states that left tube is not a safe it's not a safe space because it is not a controlled and isolated environment. Like she she brings up the definition of safe 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 spaces, and that definition is in a controlled and isolated environment. And she says this is quoting from the video. The assumption that YouTube is a controlled environment is wrong, and we can't control who engages with people. We can't control who engages with people on YouTube. Um, safe spaces are generally in person and people are held immediately accountable for their conduct, which is not happening within the sphere at all. No one is held, mm -hmm. being held immediately accountable. And social media does not allow people to respond in person, which is also another big issue because these issues are very, very personal. And mm -hmm. if we were in like the reality non-internet sphere, um, a lot of the stuff coming out probably we probably wouldn't know about or probably wouldn't even be within our 
business or within our realm to understand what was going on, but because how social media is, we're in everybody's business, but, um... Yeah, and everybody's business becomes everybody else's business. Yeah. She also states that Left 2 does not have the resources in the form of having an ever-present formalized, like, ever-present formalized online resource, um, like, on-site therapists. Because, again, that takes a lot of energy for specific people to stay online and come to them about specific things. Like, if we can get people like that who specialize in therapy as leftists, then that would be cool. But, um, she also says that this, this is why LeftTube cannot, ah, these lines. This is why LeftTube cannot, and it's unable to be a safe place for rape survivors. survivors. She believes, she believes- I think, yeah. Yeah. And I think the parasocial element is very relevant to that yeah. discussion too. Um, because a lot of- Hold on. Going yeah. more, Gwen believes that this can be, this can be very, ah, these lines. This can be very frightening for people, especially for the ones who have mental illness. Yeah, because she's just, she's saying because left to isn't inherently a safe space because of how spread out everything is. Nothing is very, very controlled. It is very frightening for people um, who are rapes of ours, especially with people with mental illness. Like she even mm -hmm. came out and said she had bipolar disorder. And so, and I, I can speak to this personally because I'm a yeah. sexual assault survivor and I am I have bipolar disorder as well. I can tell you guys, for real, yeah. like if you're looking to left to to give you a shining way, you're not gonna get it. Like, and I think that builds into like something else we we talked about like in, in our personal conversations about how formalized left tube should become. Like, should they become more of a community, like the the actual left tube, or should they become more of a formalized community? or not, if that's even possible, and how that affects, like, the viewership overall. Yeah. Like, I'm happy that there's a growing leftist presence on YouTube, because we've had, for too long, that's been, a, a, too long, like, a lot of, like, right-leaning spaces, even supposedly progressive people who are actually, like, really socially quite backwards people, who um, were allowed to dominate this platform that is just becoming more hugely influential every day. Like, even RightTube doesn't have, like, a full isolated community because they infight within themselves if yeah. you want to be honest like, and a lot of them deny that they're even a community which i can tell you from personal experience that they have started doing that even though they used to be all about claiming that they were buddy buddy yeah they call now, them not so much yeah they call each other names and police each other not police each other but call each other out all the time like white knighting people and also said gwen from the youtube video said she's livid that the left She's livid that the left two community has a group of people who are bad actors and who are racist and transphobic when and especially when they can get away with it. And there are and there are people who are being performative who are betraying the trust of comrades. And she also says that we create narratives and framings that validates our own feelings and that we need to be suspicious of well intentioned people who reframe things reframe the things people do. She even said um, Gwen herself said to be suspicious of her because again um she can only speak from her own reality and from the own narratives that were created for her that she sees because we all frame things but we shouldn't we all frame things in different ways but we shouldn't allow these narratives to prevent us from seeking the truth uh yeah Sometimes it can be very, very uncomfortable, too. Like, it's sometimes, like, taking ownership of certain shit and, uh, like, facing facts on things 
can be very difficult. Like there can be some very, but even when it gets uncomfortable, we have to we have to have our ears open and our mouths shut sometimes. And I feel like we do the opposite too often. So I think she's right about that. Yeah. Um. And back to she sort have she she well she does she criticizes Angie and um Peter Coffin in that she be she believes that some of the things that they have said feed into the cultural dispositions into. Um, rape apologia like and they don't mean to like she says this she says that they don't mean to but it still feeds into like rape apologia and that their search for, to um elucidate their actual point of view they ended up saying things that don't represent what they believe however Gwen states that she knows she knows that they don't defend like the rapist and she believes that they are good comrades they are good comrades making the wrong kinds of arguments and she recommended um, the ship of Theseus with how um, going into um, wording things that you don't mean can be harmful. Um, yeah, she mentioned the ship of Theseus with that too. And yeah, yeah, that I, was... yeah um, for people who don't know, the ship of Theseus was this ship that like it went on a trip, and as it was returning, it ha uh, kept breaking, and uh, parts of it ha kept having to be replaced until every part of it was replaced. So it's this common, like, philosophical question: is is the ship that returned with that was made entirely of re uh, replaced parts the same ship that left it? So yeah. that is the ship of Theseus. Yeah. So saying that you don't have all the facts or that you don't know about it or that you don't have enough information to know kind of feeds into that rape apology that she was talking about and then she also discusses um andy's use of the word um triggering and she understands it's because she understands that it's because when you are bashed so much when it comes to people in bad faith calling you a rape apologist and all this other stuff saying that you belong at the end of a rope. that when a person that, that you belong that, at the end of a rope yeah um that when a person um comes in good faith to you says that hey what you're saying is bad or very very or that triggering is not a good thing to say you end up blowing up because you've already faced so much of that negativity like and she like she says that like um like she knows that yeah you end up again blowing up because you face so much of the brunts of people bashing and bashing you negatively like even I like a lot of timing needs to be like considered when you approach somebody who's going through that sort of shit storm too though yeah and like even what... with that like it was it was like it was like very distasteful what she says and she understands like again i really do hope like when she calms down she's able to apologize for that because i don't like because i see her as someone who's who would be able to do that but yeah, again, when you're when you're constantly being faced with negativity, you start to not see who's coming to you in good faith or not, which is also a, a terrible thing when it comes to leftist YouTube in general. Mm -hmm. And that was that was it on her that was it on her video. Yeah, um, yeah. There there are ways to like approach these things where like we also have to remember is like a lot of people think like oh th these people are not perfect like nobody's perfect and nobody's a perfect leftist and nobody's perfectly woke or whatever you, whatever word you want to use um and it's especially when somebody is under a great deal of stress like let's say you're like you've spent like your entire holidays being attacked on all sides being called a rape apologist just because you're hesitant to um disown somebody that you kind of know 
Or let's say you're not even a third party to a situation, but you're an eighth party to a situation, and suddenly somebody's telling you to cast judgment on something and calling you a rape apologist and a crypto fascist and telling you you belong on the end of a rope um, for not judging a situation on that. Like, you're not going to be able to be clear-headed and offer the perfect response to that. And I think that's something that people really need to keep in mind when um, discussing this sort of thing. Especially when you're we're doing it through the medium of social media. Because social media... Um, Especially something like Twitter, could be real. It can be incredibly reactionary for everyone, regardless of your position on the socio-political uh, spectrum. You know what I mean? So like, so I feel like that's an important part, an important thing to like keep. Like, I can't imagine being in the situation that Angie was and the kind of pressure she's had. And I've had undeserved social media crap thrown at me before, but like nothing on the level that she got. And nothing on the level that Peter Coffin got, so like I'm kind of like a little bit more like <sighs> I don't know, like you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm a little more forgiving of them, especially given the ridiculous things that were thrown out there for. At the same time this was happening, I know like Peter Coffin had been um, hounded about this whole situation, like even before Christmas. And at the same time he was given being being given shit for the fact that he's a gender. Oh. Um and people claiming that, like, he's just lying about it to get social clout or whatever. Like, because apparently he doesn't present as female enough to be agender. Oh. <laughs> which is complete... Because it, it's just complete horseshit, by the way. Like, because apparently... Apparently because he has a beard. And because he doesn't wear skinny jeans. And because he has a wife and two kids. He can't be... He has to... That's, that's That makes him a man in every single way. And that he has to feel male gender. And that, that's complete bullshit. And I feel like a lot of that... When you're getting, it's really hard to. I mean, I I still don't know exactly what happened in this whole situation, and I've been like following it very closely for the last couple of weeks, and I feel like when you're in the midst of a complete social media shitstorm like they have been, it's kind of hard to properly um, uh, uh, pro properly respond to anything, especially when everything you're going to say is going to be considered wrong for in some way by somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially because again social media is such an open sphere which is like which is which is why like the protocol is gonna be kind of difficult to create such a vast protocol because of how open like the leftist space is especially when it comes to left tube and again because of how um gwen discussed that it's not really a safe space for people because your views on how the world how you view the world does not auto automatically mean that you are a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, Harvey Weinstein was not a Republican. You know? Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Ugh. And, and again, and again, like, left tube is not a safe space. Like, it's, it's, like, it's unfortunate that it's not. But, again, but, because everything is so open. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, and I can tell you, like, left tube, like, you get, there is social capital to be gleaned from there, like, and I can tell you that as somebody who recently gained some social capital in left tube, like, I, we're probably gonna gain some social capital in left tube if this, if this works out, you know? Like, and, but we can tell you, like, it, th this does exist, and we, people need to, like, realize that that does not make anybody ex experts on anything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it, like, we're just people who are saying something loudly enough that some people are hearing it. You know what I yeah. mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
again like so yeah you're not gonna get a perfectly like i'm not a therapist you're not gonna get a perfectly calm rational person like a perfect you know uh espouser of woke or proper uh leftist beliefs marxist beliefs whatever you want to call it feminist beliefs you know it's just not gonna happen and um that's an important like topic and point to keep in mind Forget about clout. Like, don't expect anybody to be perfect. And don't expect everybody to have an answer for you on a situation. Especially if it's a situation they, they're really not that connected with. And try to think of, like, if you're really coming, really angry at somebody, try to analyze where that anger is coming from. I think is the advice I give some people. Who might have, like, seen this Angie Speaks situation and been like, Well, why doesn't she come out and say this person's a she rapist? She didn't I hate know. <laughs> Yes! Exactly. 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 And I think it's, like... If you're coming at this from like, oh, this, she's supposed to be better at this. It's like Sarah said, said we hold for, for unfortunately, we hold people to unfair standards, especially if they're from minority groups. And so they are judged more harshly and they shouldn't be. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. Um, Angie is not uh, the spokeswoman for all black women. <laughs> Just calling it yeah. out there right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, don't think that like, you know, like I like I'm I'm a Jewish woman. I can't tell you, and I can't speak for all Jewish women. For instance, like for instance, I'm not very uh, big on Israel. For instance, and I know that there there's probably going to be a lot of Jewish people who would if I if it's a lot of, enough Jewish people here that there's going to be a few people who are going to be very angry that I just said that. But you know, like you got to keep that in mind. Nobody and nobody's going to be the perfect little black person or the perfect little woman or the perfect little feminist or the perfect little Marxist or the perfect Jew for you. Nobody is. Even people with, like, an audience. Stop expecting them to be. Yeah. 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 It also goes with, like, what you said with Sarah Z and, like, the whole parasocial relationship and how you kind of, again, see someone as that whole embellished, perfect person that you admire. And so it hurts a lot when they do something terrible <laughs> and then yeah. you start or when they do something or they mess up yeah yeah with that in mind i think we are coming up we are just over an hour right now and i want to thank anybody who's listened to this thank you for listening um this is our first episode and we're gonna be exploring a few different directions for this podcast is there anything you want to say uh deanna before we sign out um get that cash in this capitalist system. That's all I gotta say. Get that cash. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> Enjoy Black History yeah. Month. Enjoy like the last, hold on, what date is it? Enjoy the last- uh, six days. Enjoy the last six days of Black History Month. Hopefully we'll, something will turn around during this Black History Month. <laughs> if, yeah, seriously. If not, I demand that we, we... Um, change the month to June when all of this <laughs> other stuff cranks up because June is always such a fun month and plus plus we all we get all of the cool summer songs or whatever yeah yeah so. yeah Alrighty then okay well we're signing off now guys uh we hope you enjoyed our first episode even if uh we might have said some things that might make you uncomfortable we're we're speaking from our hearts so uh thank you so much bye bye <laughs>